Now doing the recording to test for proper modulation. Testing one, two. Yo, what the fuck is cracking? It's your boy. Eat that pussy 445. And you're listening to The Creep Off, a show about creeps, by creeps, and for you creeps. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. Send them out in the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. Vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos! Welcome to the Creep Off, everyone's least favorite contest. It's a podcast, a show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. My name is Vinny. This is my co-host, Hot Cook. Carla, what is happening, Vinny? How you doing today, buddy? Listen, man, I don't know if I'm living in the past or if I'm living in the future, but whatever's happening today, I'm just glad to be here with you. Vinny, you look excited about today's episode. Yeah. We're doing it a day early. Yeah, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Yep. And uh, we decided because we're doing it a day early and we might not have as much prep time that we'd give ourselves an easier category than we have in previous weeks. Well, we did our traditional, we decided on our traditional wild card format, right. but with a little bit of a twist. And what we did was we let Carl just pick a random year. Yep. What year did you pick for this week? I picked week's 2005. Time? We had to find a creep who was a creep in the year 2005. Why did you pick the year 2005? Tell the people. Well, because I, I picked out a pretty good creep. And so I figured. It just happened to happen in 2005. I figured, yeah, since you gave me the option, I'd be stupid not to do that. Okay, so you played your own advantage this week. Oh, stop it, Vinny. Okay. Stop it. You already had your creep picked out? I didn't try to find the creepiest creep in 2005. I just found a creep that I liked and told you what year it went down so that you could find another creeper that year. Okay. I don't like doing this starting off. I don't, listen, I don't appreciate your, uh, your little game, but that's all right. You had your creep picked. Let's talk about last week's game before this competition gets too heated, okay? That's a good idea. All right. How so did the voting turn out for us last week? We didn't have Kaya here, so that means one of us should probably win. We had an incredibly hard category last week. It was Creepiest Bowler. Yes. And my creep, Ty Treddenbarger, won with 55% of the vote. Oh. Sorry, Tower of power, too sweet to be sour. I'm funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. Who's your daddy? Are you almost done with the Congratulations, Vinny. I'm very happy for you. Thank you, Carl. You know, we were messaging with Kaya because he feels cheated. Since he won How? his week. He got a point. I gave the guest category yes. a point on the website. Right. So what I said would be kind of funny is after this week, we put Kaya up again, even though he's not even on the show, and make that an option for people to vote. Then we can see if he cheated or not. No. I don't <laughs> I don't like our fans. Our fans <laughs> okay. are going to fuck us over, Carl. Good point. All right. You're They're going to fuck points. us just to fuck us. And you All know right. they will. All right, well, congratulations on your well-earned victory. Thank you. And to the fans, I just want to say, it's not that I don't like you and not that I don't love you. It's that I don't trust you. Yeah, I saw you were getting into it on the Discord. You were uh, losing your people's champion <laughs> moniker, it seemed like. Heel turn is coming, Carl. <laughs> yeah, the good. heel turn is coming. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, today it is the biggest creep of 2005, so Carl... I guess it's time to ring that bell. Yeah, you're up first, Vinny. Let's do it. Carl, this was a, uh, I thought was going to be very hard. Then it took me all of 20 minutes to decide on a creep. And then it took me nine hours to compile enough information. I'm nervous about this. Because here's the thing, dude. You sometimes grab too much information about a creep. And I absolutely did this time and I'll apologize in advance, okay. but I hope that it is riveting. Ladies and gentlemen, my creep this week is a guy whose case I thought I knew something about. Turns out I knew about 
a third of the information that I am going to bring out today. And holy shit, is it salacious and vile. My creep. I bet you know less about everything you think you know stuff about. That'd be my guess. That's 100% accurate. 100% accurate. <laughs> All right. My creep terrorized the Midwest for over 30 years. My creep is the BTK strangler himself, Dennis Rader, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, you've just disqualified yourself. No. We said 2005. You're talking about 30 years. Yeah, well, he well, was you go. busted in 2005. Vote Carl. He got caught in 2005, Carl. All right, let's make your case. So listen, I'm going to tell you a couple things I about this guy. I think you're disqualified, but go ahead and make your case. No, 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 no. Trust me, he did a lot of creepy shit in 2005. The details of this case are widely out there. You could go and find this information anywhere you want to, and yep. it is insane. There is so much of it. But the reason there's so much of it is because the second they got this guy into custody, he fucking rolled over mm. in the first few seconds of having him. Hold on. Here we go. This is him talking to the police immediately after being brought into custody into the police station. On February the 25th, 2005, they arrested him. BTK. Once Raider had confessed, it all spilled out, and he talked for 33 hours over the next two days. 33 hours worth of confession, Carl. Wow, he's got a lot to talk about. He certainly does. He was a naughty boy going back to his childhood uh, back in Kansas. He uh, terrorized Wichita, basically. That's where he grew up. He got a lot of sick, kind of twisted pleasure from his crimes. I'm going to say that out in front. In fact, I'm going to give you just a, a quick little clip. Carl, I want you to meet my creep. I want you to look at the screen. Here's a little video of him, just because I want you to see his face before we get into all of this. Okay, great. Is this something you were doing for your personal pleasure? Uh, sexual fantasy, sir. What so is he's, a, he's a bald, older gentleman. He's a bald you. Or so, he looks a little bit like you if you were bald. Uh, th that's uncalled for. He does, though. He's got a little bit of Carl. That's uncalled for. And, um, I'm just saying, he's got a little bit of Carl. But he's like, this is the creepiest guy who's ever lived. It looks a lot like you, actually. A little bit. I said he's got a little Carl in him. And he's bald and he's pretty gross looking. He looks like a very mild-mannered kind of guy. You'd probably see him on a Saturday wandering around Lowe's bothering people. Sure. Childhood was very weird. He, did, uh, he committed a lot of heinous crimes, and uh, it was because he was a sexually twisted kid. Here, listen to a fact about his relationship with his grandma, Carl. Although Raider seemed to fit in with his friends, albeit on the fringes, Dark and alarming feelings and thoughts were developing in his young mind. When he was growing up, one of the things that he mentioned was that he had a very distinct recollection of his grandmother killing chickens and that he became thrilled with that type of activity. Thrilled is code for aroused. He okay. used to get a boner, a little kid boner, watching his grandma choke chickens. He really didn't like animals much as a kid. He would go after uh, uh, like turtles and this kind of stuff, and and uh, and uh, and as opposed to uh, to uh, maybe you know killing them the way a lot of us would have if it was a snapping turtle or something like that. Uh, you, know, you know, they they said that uh, he would hang them. That's right. He would hang animals in the woods. <laughs> He would catch animals and fucking hang them. Was there at least a trial at first? Or? <laughs> Guilty! <laughs> and uh, here's a fun story about one of his teachers. Now let's see if you think how the wires got crossed in this kid's head. One event in particular would prove to be a potentially pivotal moment in shaping Raider's sexual deviancy. When he was about 11 or 12 years old, a teacher humiliated him in a classroom. He was very angry about it, and he went around to her house later that day in the evening to peek in her window at her, and he had the rope with him. He tied it around his waist, tied it tight, and as he watched her through the window, he had an orgasm. Yeah, Carl. He was tying a rope around his own waist and came in his own pants, peeping in his teacher's window. I didn't understand that at all. And can I point something out? Yeah. That you're talking about this guy's getting sexual thrills from. Yeah, these are what he, these are things he talked about after he was gone. You're getting sexual thrills from this story. You were probably I edging for nine hours yesterday. Uh, I don't think that's going, accurate. As you were going through this. Well, I will say that BTK and I do have one thing in common. We both have an interest in true crime. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. One person just wants to observe it. The other person wants to make it happen. Well, he did want to make it happen. That was his thing. He used to read every detective book he could get his fucking gross hands on okay. because he wanted to read stories about how to evade the police Smart. and how people got caught. And he was bright enough to read up on serial killing to understand himself. He then became quite expert on how to avoid uh, apprehension. And he knew what other serial offenders did wrong to get themselves caught. This is the difference between creeps and scum, uh, scum parade. Yes. Folks. A hundred percent. Scum parade folks never figure out how to not get caught. Yeah. The scum parade. They're like the street level villains. <laughs> yeah. They're stupid. This guy's like the fucking Joker. A Raider dropped out of college. He joined the U S air force in the sixties after returning to Wichita. He got married in 1971 to uh, a woman named Paula okay. and worked for an outdoor supply company uh, for about a year. Then in 1974, he got a job installing security alarms for ADT. Oh, good. That's just what you want, that guy in your house. There's a theme going on with ADT lately. Dude, all this is going on in his head. All of these things that he wants to do. His fucking fascination with fucking hanging things. He's a sadist. Mm -hmm. January 15, 1974, Raider strangled to death four members of the Otero family in their Wichita home. Parents Joseph and Julie and two of their children josephine and joseph jr before leaving with a watch and a radio hold on a second he went what are the, the names of these fucking people the dad's name is joseph joseph julie josephine and joseph jr josephine yeah they were one of those, they were those kind of people and joseph jr i'm not saying they Good. didn't deserve it I'm carl glad i'm not saying the otero family didn't deserve people. to die <laughs> I'm just saying these that BTK... They probably were matching outfits, too. Well, a big part of his uh, his eventual kick was strangulation and souvenir taking. Let me tell you what it looked like when the cops came into the house. Inside the house, detectives would be presented with a scene they would never forget. We had a mother and a father and two children that were killed in a ritual-type uh, uh, process. The Otero family had only recently moved into the peaceful suburban area. An intruder had strangled the father, Joe, and his wife, Julie, then turned his attention to their son. There was evidence with uh, Joey, who was nine, that nine years he old. Uh, put the bags and whatnot over Joey's head to suffocate slowly, and that he drew up a chair to sit and watch. When he finally realized he had, you know, the parents and the boy dead, he takes Josephine, the 11-year-old girl, down to the basement and hangs her. The slaying of the Otero family would be just the first in a series of murders that would last decades. So he tortured the son and this then is, went and hung the speculation. daughter. They're talking about how he was watching. There's... There's no he confessed to, to all oh, of this, Carl. All right, never mind. <laughs> he confessed to all of it in court. Who knows what happened in 74 in fact, so long would ago. Would you like to hear what he did right after that murder? Sure. After indulging himself with the Oteros, Raider hurried home as his unsuspecting wife was soon to be back from work, and he wanted to be there to greet her. He did that in the middle of the fucking day, Carl. Yeah. And then he went home and was like, hey, honey, how was your day? Yeah, your wife's going to be on to you if you're out all times at night, so that's smart. Second murder, April 4th, 1974. He waited in the apartment of a young woman named Catherine Bright before strangling her and stabbing her when she returned home. Raider also shot her brother, Kevin, in the face. He spied 21-year-old Kathy Bright, picking up her mail outside her house on Wichita's East 13th Street. Kathy was a uh, Wichita State University student. And she had come home during the day with her brother, who was also a student. And unbeknownst to them, uh, BTK was inside waiting on them. Raider was not expecting Kathy's brother Kevin to be there. I think I had him tie her up first, and then I tied him That's up, or vice way. versa. The brother was able to get loose. He got up and started yelling and screaming and uh, BTK came out and shot him in the head. I could see the blood, and as far as I concerned, he, you know, I thought he was down, and then went and uh, started to strangle uh, Catherine. Is that her name? And started fighting, because uh, bonds weren't very good, and so back and forth we fought. 
BTK then took a knife and stabbed Kathy several times, uh, uh, killing her. When the brother came to, and he didn't die. Even though he was disoriented and didn't know a lot of what was happening, he was able to run out the front door screaming for help. This guy escapes. He's seen him. He's, he's bad at this job right now. Well, this is his he's, second he's, crime. Yeah, he's right. not good. He's not good. And at this it, is yeah. the only murder where he actually stabbed someone. Okay. Usually he chokes them and jerks off on them and then like cleans up and leaves. But I want you to understand something. He had to confess to this in open court. Yeah. Dennis Rader, ladies and gentlemen, is fucking awful. He sucks so much. You would want to be around him for about two seconds if you met him in general. He's a cocky dickhead. Okay, listen to this. Listen to him discuss this murder in court, Carl. Oh, I tell you what I thought. I thought the police were coming at that time. I heard the door open. I thought, no, that's it. And I stepped out there and he I could see him running down the street. So I quickly cleaned up everything that I could and left. Despite planning this murder beforehand, Raider had failed to bring all his bindings with him. If if I had brought my stuff and used my stuff, uh, Kevin would probably be dead today. I'm not bragging on that. It's just a matter of fact. <laughs> no I... one told me there was going to be boasting. Yeah, dude, if you brought his kit. Now, uh, Carl, if you uh, look at the screen, that's a picture of one of his kits. Okay. That's a lot of fun, right? I'm confused. So there's a mask in there. There's a ball gag. There's all sorts of ties. ties. Oh, yeah. So he wasn't prepared to tie this guy up. He w didn't know the guy was going to be there. Right. He was just going to get the girl. But he also shot him in the head and didn't kill him. Correct. Not very good. Not very good. Th that kit's interesting, but I think a gun would usurp all of those things. Well, You would he, think that you would be able to get the job done with a gun. He really should have been caught there. A few years later, other people were being looked at for the Otero murder, the first murder that he committed. Yeah. And he lost his shit, Carl. Oh, he got very just... upset that someone else was getting the attention. <laughs> It was not long after the murder of Kathy Bright that the press reported that a group of three other men had been implicated in the Otero killings. Raider hears that someone else is getting credit for the murders, and he can't stand that. That prompted the first communication from, from BTK. And the way that came to us was through a letter. He tells the police, this is not going to end. He's going to continue to do this. If you don't catch me, more people in this community are going to die. And he did this by putting a letter in a public library book. And he took responsibility for killing the Oteros. The letter ended up with a local newspaper. And the poorly written note gave authorities some idea of who they were dealing with. He wrote things like, it's hard to control myself. You'd probably call me psychotic with psychotic perversion hang up. He warned that he would strike again, noting the code words for me will be bind them, torture them, kill them. B dot T dot K. That's where he got the name. From. The initials stuck and the murderer came known to be known as variations of the BTK killer moniker or simply BTK. Now, a few years later, he just took off. Nobody knew what happened. He threatened he was going to keep killing. 1977, his third victim happens, his third murder. And Carl, this one is a, uh, a doozy. It would be three years before he would strike again. The next one uh, is in 1977, and I'm the chief at this point. Uh, Shirley was uh, a single mom at home and had some children there. The kids were really banging on the door, hollering, screaming. She got sick. Threw up, got her a glass of water, comforted her a little bit, and then went ahead and tied her up, and then uh, put a bag, a bag over her head and strangled her. Because of the length of time since the last killings. Well, that's right. The kids were locked in a bathroom, banging on the door and screaming. Do you realize the Patrick Michael level of focus you have to have <laughs> to be able to tie up and rape a woman with kids <laughs> screaming all in the background? And you heard that cool cucumber. Those kids, holy shit, did they get lucky. The oldest one opened up a window and the kids got out and they went to try to go get help. He came back to go fucking murder all those kids yeah. when he was done with the mom. I was going to say, he doesn't usually leave the kids uh, No, he out. was going to fucking kill all those kids. All right. 
and they uh, they escape. So don't lock kids in a bathroom where there is a window. Is the moral of the story? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you don't want them being little tattletales, uh, the fourth murder. We're only at seventy-seven. Mini, come on, we got to speed this up. Holy Carl, shit, Carl, we're not. We're right. we're we're almost there, buddy. No, we're All not right. even almost close to almost there. So uh, his fourth murder is a lot of fun. He calls this his perfect murder. This is his opus, Carl. Okay. Nine months later, in December of 1977, BTK struck again in what he would later dub his perfect hit. Nancy was a single lady, a beautiful young lady uh, who lived alone. I went around the back of the house, uh, cut the phone lines, uh, broke in, and waited for her to come home. She came into her apartment, uh, of course, unaware that he was there and uh, he gained control of her. Uh, told her there I was a, uh, had a problem, sexual problem, that I would have to tie her up and have sex with her. What a pickup line. <laughs> He's a charmer. Yeah, I mean, that was his usual thing. He would say to people, he would disarm the women by saying, hey, I have a sexual problem. I'm going to rape you and tie you up, but that's it. And then he like... Oh, my. And apparently this woman was like, fucking fine, whatever, just don't fucking hurt me. And uh, would you like to know what a great date, what a perfect hit was for uh, BTK? Sure. She was uh, a little upset. We talked for a while. A little? I handcuffed her, had her lay on the bed, and then I tied her feet, and then I got on top of her, and then I reached over, took the belt, and then strangled her with a belt at that time. And what he would do is he would choke her till she almost died. And then while he's doing this, uh, he's masturbating into her negligee. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So you could take her clothes off, right? Yep, you certainly could. You could. You could. Or you could just find a negligee to jerk off on. Interesting. He's so pleased with himself. In fact, Raider was so satisfied and proud of what he thought he had achieved that he did something extraordinary in order to gain credit from the press and police. He himself, the following day, reports the murder to uh, the police. He called us on a payphone and informed us that we would find a homicide uh, and gave us the address. You will find a homicide at B43 South Pershing, Nancy Fox. The officers went down, investigators found it, and that that was clear to us, obviously, that BTK had, had come back and we had a serial killer. What a proud boy. What a proud boy. What a proud boy he was. He had to call the police to tell him what he did. And then guess what he did? He wrote a letter to the media. On February the 10th, 1978, two months after the murder of Nancy Fox, local television station KAKE received a macabre letter. It was from BTK, and in it he claimed responsibility for the murders of the Oteros, Shirley Vianne, Nancy Fox, and another unidentified victim. He demanded media attention and enclosed a poem titled, O Death to Nancy along with a drawing of Fox lying dead on her bed. A drawing? A drawing and a poem. <laughs> this guy's an artist. All right. He's a poet. He, write, he likes to write poetry. Would you like to hear the poem that he sent? I, I have would, it right here to read I would to you. love to hear it. I'm a big fan of poems. I will now read to you the poem. As Opie likes to say. What is this taut I can see? Cold, icy hands taking a hold of me. For death has come, you all can see. Hell has opened its gate to trick me. Oh, death. Oh, death. Can't you spare me over for another year? I'll stuff your jaws till you can't talk. I'll bind your legs till you can't walk. I'll tie your hands till you can't make a stand. And finally, I'll close your eyes so you can't see. I'll bring sexual death unto you and me. It's like Dr. Noose. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Dr. Noose. Uh Side, B love BTK. Jesus. Your grandson, Frank. So this guy's not talented. No. That's the worst poetry I've ever heard in my life. But That's he is book. such an artist. I'm going to tell you more in <laughs> I'm just a second. Drawing. I bet the drawing sucks. He's probably a stick figure. So now he disappears. This was the last murder. This is the last they hear After about. Raider had killed seven people, he went back to school in criminal justice. And that wasn't about... Um, 
being a good person and, and being a law-abiding citizen, that was about really sharpening his, his trade. I went to college. No one who takes criminal justice is a good person. I think <laughs> no shit. I think that Kevin Smith has the best line about that. Yeah, he's like, "You're studying criminal justice. What do you want to be, Batman? What are you going to fucking do with that?" <laughs> right. Part of the distance between some of the murders had to do with him having a son and then later having a daughter. He was able to compartmentalize his life, and by being able to compartmentalize his life, he could be the good father, and he could also kill. So, Carl. Why don't you strap in, because it's now 1986. All right. First was Vicky Wagerly in 1986. With the Wagerly case, that was pretty organized. He broke into the back of this house. She came home uh, with her baby uh, from shopping. I drew a pistol at her and asked her if she'd go back to the bedroom with me. Uh, he tortured her, tied her up, left her on the bed. When the husband came home uh, mid-afternoon, he uh, cut her loose, thinking maybe she was still alive, and obviously she wasn't. <laughs> it was clear that it was BTK. Yeah. So he's back, baby, with a vengeance. And now he's got a taste for it again, Carl. Yeah. And this next case I'm about to tell you about is by far the craziest story I think I will ever tell you. And I have just heard of this for the first time. And I am ashamed of myself for I'm not surprised. knowing any of this. I'm surprised because the guy I picked, you already knew who it was. Like You know all of this shit. Okay. So he did not look very far for his next victim, Carl. Yeah. Dennis Rader did not have far to troll for his next victim. She lived just four doors down from him. Now he's shitting where he eats. Yeah. The search began first thing this morning on the eastern edge of Sedgwick County for a woman who's been missing seven days. 53-year-old Maureen Hedge was last seen a week ago by a friend who'd taken her to dinner. She was home by 1 a.m. Saturday. Later that day, her door was found ajar, her phone lines cut, and Maureen Hedge was missing. So all the normal things you would find about a BTK murder or BTK situation, but the body was missing this time. Hmm. That's very strange. Now, he really planned this crime well, okay? He even had the perfect alibi ready to go for this. The night Marine Hedge was murdered, Raider had his alibi at the ready. He took his son to a Boy Scout camp, and then Dennis Raider gets up at 1 o'clock in the morning, goes out, kills a woman, and then comes back to the Boy Scout camp as if nothing happened. That's right. He was a son scout leader, Carl, and he decided to sneak away. He left the other kids alone with the other scoutmasters, who I'm guessing were probably fine with, uh, you know, adults prying eyes disappearing for a while. Sure. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that, he didn't just go make this woman disappear. This woman w went to the same church as him. And by the way, I didn't mention he's now the president of the board for his uh, Christ Lutheran Church in Wichita. This woman is a deacon in the church. She's gone. What did he do with her after he abducted her? Eventually uh, moved her to the trunk of the car, took the car over to uh, Christ Lutheran Church, and uh, she was already dead, so I took uh, pictures of her in different forms of bondage. She was a deacon at the church, and he posed her, and it was so despicable because in the photographs, you could see the choir robes in the a basement area and so when we looked at that it was like these were taken in a church he he wanted to to play with her her dead body i mean that's pretty sick you could say that again honey and carl not these were not just like regular pictures of the dead body just like sitting in the pews like he's got her spread eagle on the fucking pulpits like he's, he's up a, there. He's a photographer now too. Yeah, man. Oh, he's is he a fucking photographer, Carl? Uh -huh. Oh, we're gonna see some more of his pictures the, in a second. The lighting good, Carl. Yeah. He's got her up on the pulpit. He's just like, and now a reading from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians. He's just got her up there having a blast, and he does all of this to indulge his sexual uh, sexual fantasies. Uh, but he does get in around this time. He decides maybe I got to slow down, and he tried to find another way to indulge, and that was creating his own amateur pornography. 
He was a Boy Scout leader, and so it gave him time, free time, to be away from home. And so on a couple of these occasions, what he did was to leave the campsite where the Boy Scouts were, and then he was very big into autoerotica and to trying to hang himself carefully. He did dig a grave, and he put a mask on, and he put himself in it, dressed in women's uh, garments, undergarments, and he attached a camera to on a cord, a Polaroid, and would take photos photographs of his his accomplishments yeah carl these are actual photos that he took of himself oh wow (laughs) that one is really hard i call that one hanging around and then this one's fun this is him uh tied up laying in a grave that he dug here he is being a pretty girl (laughs) yeah yeah and uh sometimes please watch the screen carl you're gonna enjoy this next clip there were occasions where he had engaged in autoerotic behavior and he couldn't get himself undone and he thought he would be found by the Boy Scouts and that probably would have been humiliating. <laughs> but it was all part of his his uh, uh, being another person. Now, those are pictures of him hanging from a tree upside down <laughs> like a fucking idiot because he got caught and he couldn't stop the thing from taking the picture. So Let's just real quick talk about his uh, his life with his wife, because this is some fucked up shit that's going on. Okay. He's playing with dead bodies. He's sneaking into houses. If you were to ask him about his wife, you know, how could you, how did she not know? He said that one time back in the, I think the 70s or the early 80s, when they had put one of his messages on the front page of the paper, that he'd been sitting there at the breakfast table reading the paper, when his wife came up behind and looked over his shoulder and looked down and pointed at it and said, look at that. He misspells that word the same way that you do. And Dennison said, I thought I was going to have to kill her then, but she didn't say anything more, so I just let it go. Yeah. Oh, wow. She had no fucking idea how close she is to being fucking dead. This is a dangerous... Could women be any more useless? This is a dangerous <laughs> fucking man, Carl. Yeah. This man is insanely dangerous, and he's he running around He must really loose. in love if he was like... Well, if she says one more thing, I will kill her. Yeah, well, somebody does the laundry. You know, you'd be surprised what you put up with. From a policing standpoint, it was extremely frustrating. It seemed like, when will it end? He said it's not like he was doing this every month or two. He'd take off a year, take off two years, take off three years. There was nothing else that we could do that we weren't doing. Except, unfortunately, (laughs) wait for the next victim. What a strategy. I know. The cops are just like, wow. we're just going to wait for it and see who maybe fucks up at the next I one. hope that that guy was fired after yeah. saying that. That's ridiculous. So, Carl, during this time. <laughs> That's really funny. He's created all this amateur porn. Yeah. He's kept souvenirs and stuff from all of these murders. Would you like to know where he kept them? Uh, sure. But what he had done is he took souvenirs and trophies from the various crime scenes and collected them in a treehouse he had in his backyard. Uh, <laughs> that's where Treehouse of Horror came from. I fucking have that labeled as Treehouse of yeah, Horror. Makes because a lot of sense. This guy would go up there and fucking look at pictures of himself in masks, dressed up in lingerie, hanging upside down from trees, and would fucking just crank them out in the backyard. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably a lot of nice foliage right underneath that tree. I'm telling you what, if they had DNA evidence, all they need to do is swab that fucking treehouse. Yes. So he got his degree in criminal justice. And oh, Carl, here's why good for him. I am going to say this man is a sadist and the biggest creep this week. There is nothing you're going to be able to do to convince me that he isn't the biggest creep. Okay. Check out the job he ended up getting. During this time, Raider's children were growing up and he changed job. He became a compliance officer, a role that gave him the chance to exercise a position of authority in the community. Dennis was a Park City compliance officer. Um, What he did was he wrote tickets um, for people not complying with city code. You know, he was known to even take a ruler and measure grass, and if it was too, too tall, he would write people tickets for it. Oh, you look so bad right now. What a cocksucker. Dude, he's murdering women, murdering children. Yeah, no, forget about that shit. Compliance officer, what a fucking creep. Your All grass right. is too long. You You're in, in big trouble. <laughs> You're in big trouble, Compliance mister. Compliance officers are the, are the TSA of the 80s. Hell yeah, they are. Fucking terrible people. So all during this time, nothing's really going on. I mean... Nothing at all. I had many, what I call them projects. There were different people in the town that I followed, watched. Um, it was basically a selection process. His projects would entail the stalking, the determination of how he was going to kill the person, uh, how would be best to s- surprise them. 
He had to make sure that he left no trace. He had to make sure of all of these uh, contingencies were covered. So he spent years just stalking people mm -hmm. instead of killing them. He killed, 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 strangled, strangled, strangled. His last murder was in 1991. So what got him busted in 2005, Carl? Let's talk about it. The Wichita Eagle did a little article on the anniversary that this had been 30 years or so since the Otero killing. Well, apparently BTK saw that and decided that he needed more publicity, that he wasn't quite done yet. He saw this article and goes, oh, I could get more attention? Great. So guess what he does at the end of 2004, beginning of 2005? He starts sending all the police in the city of Wichita on scavenger hunts. Okay. After decades, BTK was back, and he was ready to play cat and mouse with the press and police. He started to play these little games of sending us on scavenger hunts around the city, putting cereal boxes, serial killer boxes, filled with dolls that were posed in positions of victims and pieces of jewelry of some of his victims. And he would hide them in the city and then he'd call the media and he'd send them a little note, a little clue where you might find these things. Good, he's having fun with it. He did have what, fun with it. Whatever you, you do in life, you gotta find a way to have fun with it. And if you can bring others in on the fun as well. What fun it was for these fucking cops. These fucking fat cops from Wichita, Midwestern fat fucks <laughs> with prostate problems. Whoa. They're driving all over goddamn Whoa, town. They're baby. driving all over goddamn town and they show up like, we got it, we figured out the clue. Like he's the fucking Riddler. They show up and it's a fucking cereal box. And Dennis Raider's just, <laughs> I got him. You're I'm going to give you a ticket for parking too close to the curb. <laughs> You're calling police officers fat fucks. Is that what I just heard? That, the, I'm guessing the Wichita cops were. Wow. Some cojones on this guy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring this creep to an end and tell you how Thank he got you. caught. Yes. BTK was to make a final blundering mistake. Oh, boy, Clearly did not he. that familiar with computer technology. He handed the police a golden opportunity. It was the moment they had been waiting for. He sent a note saying, if I send you a disc, will you be able to identify me? Be honest with me. No. And so the <laughs> officers responded back by newspaper, it's okay, Rex, which is what he wanted to hear. And that's when he did send the disc. Randy Stone was the detective on the Forensic Computer Crime Unit who was charged with obtaining information from the disc that BTK sent in. Open it up, there was one, one file, and from that we're able to identify that the, uh, the software was registered to Christ Lutheran Church, and that the person who last saved the document was logged into his computer uh, under the account name of Dennis. What a fucking moron. <laughs> he sent them a word file? Not only, not only, <laughs> Carl, is he a pervert, yeah. He's a murderer. Right. He is a child murderer right. and a rapist. I hope you're in recap mode right and now. And he <laughs> is a compliance officer who gave people tickets for the length of their fucking lawn. To top it all off was a goddamn boomer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh, this dumpy piece of shit. Fucking Dennis Raider, my creep. And before I go, I just want to play you one last tidy thing. This is um, from court. They let the victims and family members of the victims uh, speak to him. They let them say their piece in court before he was sentenced to life in prison. And uh, here is one of the comments from one of the family members. If I had your devil nature, I would delight in the fact that your congregation has turned its back on you, that your friends have deserted you, that your wife has divorced you, that your own children have disowned you. And then I would remind you that you will never have any warm, loving human contact again for the remainder of your twisted existence. <laughs> I that wait guy the rules. guy goes, I don't think any pleasure in what's happening to you, but let me just say how much pleasure I'm taking. I'm enjoying the shit out of this. So, all right, that is my creep this week. BTK, Dennis Raider. I'm sorry it took so long, but I found that story to be riveting, and I did not know half of it. All right, very good. So I'm going to remind everybody that the theme this week is 2005. Yeah, my guy. remind everybody. 2005. was arrested in 2005. So I picked a, a man named Kenneth Pinion, who is an engineer who worked for Boeing 
and resided in Washington State. I believe he was an equestrian. Just outside of Seattle. Kenneth is famous for a series of incidents in 2005 involving his friend James Michael Tate, a truck driver, and another unidentified man. These men were all filming zoophilic pornography, including Pinion receiving anal sex from a stallion under the alias Mr. Hands. So apparently, in the zoophile community, there are all these videos that people pass around. And this guy was famous as Mr. Hands. Oh, yeah. The guy who gets fucked by horses. Pinion had previously lost the ability to experience certain sensations after a mo- motorcycle accident. I can only imagine what happened at this motorcycle accident. Yeah, I'm sure he said it was a motorcycle accident, <laughs> but a horse cock in your rectum he might be- also make it a little difficult to well, walk. Well, it was a motorcycle accident. He began to seek out increasingly extreme sexual acts, such as insertion of extremely large dildos, fisting, and eventually anal sex with horses. In the early 2000s, he found a group of zoos online. Hey, honey, this is way better than your hand. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need your hand anymore. Good news. He found a group of zoos online who began meeting at a farm in King County, Washington, on the weekends where they filmed one another being anally penetrated by horses and sometimes engaged in sex with each other afterwards, which was also filmed. How? How do you have sex with someone who just got reamed by a fucking horse cock? That's a great question, Benny. I don't have the answer to that. I did not put nine hours into my research. This was all posted online, all of these videos. The men trained the horse to penetrate them by stripping, applying a horse-breeding pheromone, and bending over. <laughs> Who says you can't lead a horse to water, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Pinion was so into big cocks that he had a cast created of the penis of his favorite horse, Strut. So you know, like, you can get, like, the porn stars. Strutter! Or something like that. A cast made of it? It wasn't yes. even, like, a... Like, aren't most sex toys, like, a silicon? Like, are we talking, like, Bigfoot cast? Like, a plaster cast? I'm thinking that so you can reproduce multiple dildos from it. Oh, okay. So he was thinking franchise. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, one night in July... They were trying to fuck a horse on a farm that they frequented, but the horse wasn't into it. So Pinion Tate said it had a headache. So Pinion Tate wouldn't this, take no for an answer. This third guy, they snuck into a barn on another farm, and first they recorded Tate being anally penetrated by a stallion known as Big Dick, is the name of the horse. Then well, filmed, I named him Richard. <laughs> Tate, <laughs> Tate then filmed Pinion being anally penetrated by the same horse, and no lie, this is actual audio. Of that encounter with, uh, this is Kenneth Pinion getting rammed by Big Dick the horse. But he's tapping out. <laughs> By the way, I want to point out that I, I, watched, I watched this video. I found it online. If you Google this guy's name and just search for videos, it's on the first page of Google. For all the shit that Google well, censors. Google's good at what they do. They can find the stuff. For all the shit that they're censoring, for some reason. You know how hard it was to find the research for my Fauci argument? But for some reason, I want to find a guy getting fucked by a horse. I got to be honest with you. I really didn't like listening to that. It sounded a little bit too much like me eating pizza. <laughs> too much? Yeah, a little too, too much. much? Like too much? So... There's also a bunch of reaction videos where you can see people watching this video for the first time. Yeah, I, I saw it back in the day. I, I remember yeah. Mr. Hands. Mr. Hands. So I, that's fucking embedded on my goddamn brain. Unfortunately, that horse big dick might have been too much horse for old big hands. On July 2nd, 2005, an unidentified man dropped Pinion off at the Anumclaw Community Hospital. Medical staff wheeled Pinion into an examination room before realizing he was dead. Ah! So you're saying he got Ah. fucked to death by the horse? I'm not saying that. I'll let somebody else say it. This is officially triggered on YouTube. He mysteriously died after taking too much BHC. BHC stands for Big Horse Cock. (laughs) 
I don't know what this guy's problem is, but I did find him funny. I thought it stood for Bill and Hillary Clinton on the message boards I read. It might. Uh, This is more about how he passed away. So in July 2nd, he and his homies drove in a truck into a farm. Unfortunately, the horse's cock was too huge for him to handle. Soon after, he suffered from acute peritonitis caused by traumatic perforation of the colon. It's nice to hear Polly Shore found a new gag. <laughs> also, I really, I really feel like that read was really good and should be put to music. <laughs> Probably. Like, I can hear like a little beat behind that. It might not be bad. So the police tracked down, because after this guy showed up dead, they found out who his friends were. They tracked down this farm which was known in the zoophile chat rooms as the destination for people wanting to have sex with livestock. Here's what really happened. The doctor went, oh, shit, that's Mr. Hands. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen this guy. I know him. They seized 100 VHS tapes and DVDs uh, amounting to hundreds of hours of video of men engaging in bestiality. One of the videotapes even featured Kenneth Pinion, the one I just played for you right before he died on July 2nd. And uh, this is a news report that came out that uh, next day. Police say it looks like this farm in Enumclaw was a place to have sex with animals. It was brought to their attention after a horse killed a man. Police say it was all caught on videotape. Now this will surprise you. What these people are doing is not illegal in Washington. It is against the law in 30 other states, and now there's an effort to outlaw it here. Police are investigating to see if they might be able to file charges of animal cruelty. That's right. In 2005, it was not illegal to get fucked by a horse and put that video on the internet. You hear that, you prudes? It now is. Hey, Carl. I can sum up It's like these people have never heard of a heavy petting zoo. I can sum this all up with this. Whoa, you got... Slam! <laughs> 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 All right, last thing. I have Ouch. the actual eulogy that was given at Kenneth's funeral. Family and friends received quite a shock when a Washington man named Kenneth Pinion died from too much horse cock. <laughs> so sad to suffer such a horrible fate, he had a hunger no person could sate. Men and women, they just didn't rate. You needed four hooves to be Ken's mate. <laughs> he found himself some horse hose that was well aroused and swollen, but he had to retreat when the spine equine meat perforated his colon. <laughs> it's none of our business, I'm sure you agree, but it should fill every one of us with dread, knowing an aerospace engineer is dead from being cornholed by Mr. Ed. <laughs> There are many eccentricities in this world, but be careful which ones you choose, because death by horse penis will get you on the evening news. George Takai, everybody. Yeah, that was a video posted by Charles Bukaki on uh, YouTube. I want to get proper credit. I have to say, Charles Bukaki, better poet than Dennis Rader. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. No shit. That was actually entertaining. The superior, superior poet. So there you Not have it. Creep, Mr. Hands is my creep because he what he did is he got fucked to death by a horse in 2005, and the theme this week was 2005. Do you think that when he met the horse, he was like on front street, was just like, I have a sexual problem? <laughs> was he like Dennis Rader? Did he just come so. out and say it? Makes sense. Yeah. Now, I know he took some sex videos, but did he take any pictures of himself like in a self-dug grave? Here we go again. Dude, you pick somebody. Now, we're going to have an announcement that we're going to make today. Yeah. You pick somebody who should not have been in the creep-off. It's a Hall of Fame. Absolutely should have been in the creep-off. No, this was too much. Everyone knows about this guy. There was way too much of a story to get into. Vote for Vinny. It's all rehashed bullshit. That's that's what we should be doing. We're going to start making bonus episodes. Yay! And what we're going to do is we're going to allow the listeners to vote on who should be in the Creep-Off Hall of Fame. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we are going to go ahead and make entire episodes where both Vinny and I are focused on one Hall of Famer. That is correct. Each so episode. here's what's going to happen, ladies Which, and gentlemen. Which this would have been a perfect example of a good place to start for the Hall of Fame, but Vinny decided to blow his wad all over the place. All over the place. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you will not blame me for picking this. Now that you know that Arrested Carl picked Mr. 2005. Hands. Guy didn't do anything wrong from 1991 to 2005. Yes, he did. 
Yes, he did. Yes, he did lots of wrong things. He was bothering the police and making them go look for bags of that's cereal. That's fun. That, that's now, the listen, fun part. Yeah, go ahead. Hold on a second. Ladies and gentlemen, here's how the Hall of Fame episodes are going to work. It's very simple. You can submit an email to us at thecreepoffpot at gmail.com or tweet at us who your nomination for the Hall of Fame is. We will compile a list and we will put out a poll this Thursday. We will fit, We will record the episode in the next week or so, and then we'll release it after that. Sound good, Carl? I love it. Yeah, so in other words, it's a blank slate. We don't know who should be in the Hall of Fame. It's your choice, folks. Your choices, and if we get the same person multiple times, they'll be put on a poll, and then you can vote, and then we'll just start you know, nominating and submitting, and we're going to build this Hall of Fame. And it's not necessarily people who we've already featured on The Creep Off. We really specifically want people we haven't featured yet. That's right. We want some people that are just absolutely vile. Yeah. Whoever you really feel like deserves a spot. Now, uh, you're going to be able to, uh, again, send an email to thecreepoffpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at creepoffpod. Also, do us a favor. Follow us on Instagram. Visit thecreepoff.com to vote in this week's poll for uh, who did the better job presenting their creep this week. And I, I hope think that was obviously me. I hope you didn't put everybody to sleep because this was an important announcement. We probably should have done this in the beginning when people were still listening. Holy shit, Vinny. I think I made a good case. Okay. Now, Carl. Get any voicemails? We did get some voicemails. But before we get to the voicemails, let's remind you the voicemail segment is brought to you by our friends in Syracuse. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the City of Syracuse. Still your number one source for rotary phones. See you in Syracuse. Hey, have we gotten the check from them yet? I'm worried about their ability to pay. I got the $40. Okay, good. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's start off with some voicemails. Some folks have some recommendations for the Wheel of Consequences, and I honestly feel like the wheel needs a little freshening up. I think we should get rid of Vic's stand-up and Seamus' stand-up. I really kind of like this next one, and I think you will be mortified by it. I have another suggestion for the Wheel of Consequences. Put on there that the loser has to give a video demonstration of using the lawnmower 3.0 and all of its features and upload it to Pornhub. <laughs> Don't call me back. Jesus. I fucking love that one. I think that's hysterical. Oh, no. Yeah. What, what kind say? of creep is that guy for suggesting that? <laughs> that's the creepiest suggestion I've ever heard. I say we go for it. Of course you think that. We're going, lands, Manscapes going on the board, baby. All right. Uh, Jesus Christ. Now, here's some more suggestions. Have you ever uploaded anything to Pornhub before? No. Is that something that you're familiar with? No, but I think it's really funny. I don't even know how you think of something I win like a lot, that. so I'm not worried about it. Hey, guys. Uh, for your wheel of uh, consequences, they suck. Uh, they're more like a wheel of uh, minor inconveniences. What you should do is if a guest wins, like Kaya... Uh, then they get to choose to replace a consequence on the board, or or they get to put uh, make a specific consequence not skippable. You cannot you cannot get past it. Or better yet, just replace Carl because he sucks. All right, don't call me back. Hey Good guys. Point. Good point. Jesus Christ. I, I was agreeing with almost everything he had to say. So you like that? If somebody wins, they get to like say, if you land on this on the wheel, you can't skip it? Yeah, I like that. The you want to give that away? You want to give away that power to someone? Well, what, what do they get to do? Just one of the consequences is non-skippable? Yeah, they could say that the consequence of Gary, Indiana okay. is not skippable now. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay, cool. cool. I like that. Yeah. Well, too bad. Or Kyle won after we invoked that rule. So tough shit. Oh, you mean just one, just one episode? No, for the next time we spin the wheel. But but if they just win one episode, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm I, I am half asleep after your fucking presentation. I apologize. I'm gonna try to get back. How in the fucking game. dare you? I'm gonna try to get back in the game now. Let's go. All right. I just want to say I much more prefer Darkles the Clown reading reviews than Cobra Commander. Yeah, because all he does is bitch about me and fucking locked down with some other asshole that I don't even know, to be quite frankly. Uh, yeah. Dorkles did a great job. If you want to leave us a review and you have it read by Dorkles the Clown, go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Five stars, please. We'd appreciate it. Isn't that how you do that shit on uh, WATP, Carl? Yeah, it's called Apple Podcasts now. iTunes has been gone for over a year, but sure, that's pretty close. Cool. Go to Apple Podcasts. Yes. 
All right, kids. Here's a good one. Penis. Okay. All right. And da 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 da. All right, last suggestion for the wheel. Give Patrick Michael your phone number. Put it on the wheel. All right, bye. Come back. <laughs> I don't think Patrick <laughs> Michael would do anything with our phone number. Okay, yeah. I say I have a better idea. Let's just change Seamus' stand up to uh, fuck or fight Seamus. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. Those are our voicemails this week. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, call us 585 371 8108. Let's do a scum parade. All right, sounds good. My computer has officially died, so I'll just do this. The scum parade. These are my creeps. The scum parade. These are my peeps. The scum parade. Making videos day. <laughs> that was the other song. But all right, are you yep. sure? Sounds good. I don't know. It sounds all the same when you sing it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Let's let's clean it up in post. Houston, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Well, paramedics were on a call. A Texas man last night jumped into an ambulance and drove the vehicle with its lights flashing to a jack-in-the-box, where he ordered food at the drive-thru lane, cops say. According to Houston police, Ronaldo Leonard, 36, was charged Tuesday with felony theft in connection with the ambulance heist. The stolen vehicle, valued in excess of $150,000, was tracked to the jack-in-the-box where Leonard was at the drive-thru ordering food with the emergency lights on. When the police caught him, they noted that he got four miles away from where he stole the ambulance. I just want to point this out. And again, sometimes we give advice to people because they're really bad at being criminals. Yeah. If you steal a vehicle, no matter what type of vehicle, I don't care if it's a, a truck, an ambulance, a sports car, you want to draw less attention to yourself. Yeah. You kind of want to like blend in a little bit. So putting on the sirens through the drive through you were going to get fucked with whether you had stolen it or not. Well, it's I mean, stupid. I believe the reason why someone would steal an ambulance is because it's filled with prescription jugs. And <laughs> well done. I'm just going to say uh, he does have a history and a, a lengthy rap sheet that includes separate felony convictions for PCP uh, possession, robbery and cocaine possession. Another suggestion for this gentleman. Sure. If he's really hungry and he needs Jack in the box. I get that. Sure. Why not park the ambulance in the parking lot, walk inside to get your food? That way, if the cops show up, you can always deny that that's how you got there. Wouldn't that make a lot of sense? Getting caught in the ambulance while you're ordering food, you're busted. There's I love your woulda, coulda, shoulda logic <laughs> just for saying, this guy. Just throw it out there. Just park the ambulance, go inside, get a couple cheeseburgers and a taco, call it a day. Jump back in the ambulance, take a nap on the stretcher, whatever you got to do. <laughs> right. Sleep it off. Hook up an IV, whatever you're going to do in the back of the fucking goddamn ambulance. But, yeah, he's in a lot of trouble. So uh, that is Ronaldo Leonard, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to head on to Sacramento, California. And this guy's a lot of fun. Jonathan Lamelli, a former Transportation Security Administration agent, was sentenced to two years of felony probation, 60 years in county jail. or I'm sorry, 60 days in county jail. 60 years is a little harsh for this. Uh, and 52 classes to, quote, address sexual compulsion. California Attorney General Xavier Becerra's office announced Friday. Uh, Lumelli was arrested in June of 2019 and charged with false imprisonment, and he was accused of unlawfully detaining a woman and using fraud or deceit to get her to expose herself. So, Why be a TSA agent if you're not going to do that? If you're not going to see tits. Right. All right. It's one of the few perks That's what the get. T stands for in TSA. <laughs> Hey, what does the A stand for? Titsine uh, agency. The woman told investigators that Lamelli told her he had to look inside her bra to ensure she wasn't hiding anything, had her hold her pants away from her waist for a check, and then said he would have to take her to a private room for further security screenings. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. He didn't even get her into another room, Carl. No. He takes her. To, he like takes her like he's going to do this other screening. They get in the elevator, and he's just like, we could do it here. 
the old perform the screening in the elevator gag. When it's they, a classic. When they were alone on the elevator, Lumel, he told the woman he could perform the screening there and ordered her to lift her shirt and show her breasts. Then looked down her pants. She said, Luminelli then told the woman she was free to go and added that she had nice breasts. Uh, don't don't add the compliment. That makes it seem like it's Once not you, all that professional. You can't editorialize when you're being professional. <laughs> right. You have to just, those are breasts, you, all right. Can I tell you this news story fucking sucked? Yeah, it did. Because they have an image on there of an airplane. Just no generic- pictures of her tits. Yes. If you're going to put a generic image on a news story, show me some nice tits. That's what the story's about, not an airplane. She wasn't even at the airplane yet. No, it would have made more sense if they just showed like a like a uh, just cleavage, just general just cleavage. cleavage. <laughs> or you could have I was going to say you could have shown like one of those security checkpoints. Uh, authorities say Lomelli pleaded no contest to false imprisonment on Friday, and he will be required to pay restitution to the victim. I mean, what do you give somebody for seeing their tits? I don't know, like a twenty. Vinny, what's it worth? <laughs> what's restitution for that? Vinny, I've heard of like the Congress approval rating. Being way down. I've heard of sentiment with police officers, and we've had some issues with that mm-hmm. last year. And sure. What is the approval rating of the TSA? Does, is there a single fucking person who likes this organization? Well, Trump left office at, what, 29%? Yes, <laughs> what do you think right. the TSA is at? Oh, the TSA's got to be way below Trump levels of approval. It has to be. I, I hope that every TSA agent is just so self-hating. They just go home and are upset with themselves. I hope they go home and stand in a corner and think about what they've done every day. I hope they hang themselves while jerking off and it doesn't work out. Oh. <laughs> Too harsh? <laughs> uh, Mr. Lumelli will be forbidden to work as a security guard in the future. So. You think? Yeah, I do think. <laughs> no shit. I really do think. It's like rain. Okay, so we're going to go down to St. Louis. This is fun, right? Carl, you ever been fired from job? No. Really? Never? Never. I don't think I have either. Maybe I have. I know I was definitely laid off once, but I didn't get that upset about it. I'm about to tell you a story about a guy who really did get upset about losing his job. Yeah. A St. Louis, Missouri man is charged with murder after allegedly shooting his boss at a children's therapeutic treatment home who had just fired him. Police say Wednesday... Officers responded to a report of a shooting at the Mary Grove Children's Home on Tuesday around 12.09 p.m., so right in the middle of the day. According to the department, officers found a man in the parking lot with a single gunshot wound to the face. The victim was hospitalized, identified as 60-year-old Brantley Tate, where he was pronounced dead. Police say Christopher Owens was immediately suspected in the shooting, and he was located and arrested. Owens reportedly confessed to the shooting. Police said Tate and Owens were together at the children's home, and Tate was Owen's immediate supervisor. According to the investigation, Tate had terminated Owen's employment just before he was shot. He literally was like, you're fired. He's like, no, you're dead. I can't stress this enough, Vinny. Revenge is a dish best served cold. You got to put some time in between you getting fired and your boss being murdered, or else you will be the prime suspect. And who knows? You wait a couple of years. Maybe this guy's going to piss a bunch of people off. And they're going to think it could have been a dozen of other people who have killed him. I feel like there's some really cool opportunities for some witty banter if this was a movie. Yeah. Like the guy could go, like, let's like stay Stallone, played the guy who's getting fired. And the guy was like, you're fired. And he's like, bam, I fired. Your employment has been terminated. Now you will be terminated. <laughs> now you will be terminated. Like there could be so much yeah, fun with this. You're right. This is way better than The Apprentice too. I will say that. This <laughs> yeah. is so Owens is being held without bail. And the thing that was interesting was everybody was like, hey, uh, this guy's dead in the parking lot. Anybody have any idea what happened? And everyone that worked there was like, yeah, probably Chris Owens. <laughs> like Everybody knew it was this guy. This guy's a problem. Yeah. So, And it was like a children's therapeutic home. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Nope. Sounds depressing. It sounds like new age bullshit. It's like they go into a room and they just like burn essential oils or some shit. It's Time a therapeutic up. room. Is it like a safe space? Dude, honestly, I didn't look into it. I apologize. I'm just wondering what a therapeutic room is. <laughs> I don't know. You can't goddamn riff with me, Carl. I was watching the Sabres game. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right, last last creep, and we're done with this shit today. A judge set a bond for $80,000 for a Broward County doctor in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, arrested on charges related to sexual communications with a minor. 
Stuart Bittman was released from jail around 9 p.m. Wednesday. Per the judge's ruling, Bittman cannot use the internet, contact minors, or leave South Florida. He must also surrender his passport. Now, he's a gastroenterologist in Coral Springs. He's 64 years old, and he made his first court appearance Wednesday morning. Basically, he was posing as a 17-year-old boy. And he was talking to a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. He was, like, going into rooms like... How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> and then he was getting kind of, you know, kind of creepy sexual with him. He's 64 years old, and he's talking to a 13-year-old girl. He's like... What is your favorite hole? Like, he was not appropriate, and he ended up sending pictures. He posed naked from the waist down at his desk. And he thought that that would look like a 17-year-old. Yes. I don't think it would. I don't think it would. He's like, well, 13-year-old girl's probably never seen one before. I she still, doesn't know that they're not all gray and wrinkly. I still like this doctor better than Dr. Anthony Fauci, but he is a creep. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. He knew he was communicating Wait, with boys minors. boys or girls? Didn't he do it to girls? Girls. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a real creep. He's a gastroenterologist. So what do they do? They, like, look at the shit pipe? Is that what they do? Sounds they just like deal it. with, like, fucking... The methane of humans? Either that or they're a chef at a gastropub. I'm okay. not sure. Cool, cool. I didn't do that. Once again, I didn't do the research. Well, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to send in your nominations for the biggest Creep Hall of Fame. We're excited to do this. We're excited to do some bonus content for you. So uh, get in on that at the bottom floor with us. We're going to have some fun. Don't forget to vote for Vinny and Dennis Rader this week. Or you could vote for Carl and Mr. Hands at thecreepoff.com. Before we go, I do have one more thing I need to show you. Ladies and gentlemen, VNN is real. We received another video. Yes. This is amazing. Martin Luther King, Barack Obama, Jar Jar Binks. Just some of the people Carl probably hates because he's racist. <laughs> Don't take it from me. Here's intel received from the House of Cards breakout star, Tom Myers. Right. And I know we had to take that episode down because we performed it in blackface, but <laughs> if you can get the like, copy of it. I forgot about that part. It made it so much funnier. It made it so much funnier. That's not all. <laughs> Further digging exposed the reason behind Carl's hate-fueled lynching of a New York University <laughs> filmmaker who once got an A. I don't know why he always trashes me. I don't know what the hell it could be. I mean, <laughs> is it because I'm half Puerto Rican? All was revealed in Carl's own show when he played this clip. Voting for Trump now clearly does make you racist. There's just no question. And followed it immediately by saying this. Yeah, I would vote for Trump. Don't vote for Carl, <laughs> whose initials are literally Hot Carla KKK. Paid for by the Vinny Equality Committee. <laughs> I, I missed the Dolphins hat on top of Jabba the Hutt last time. That's fucking funny. Well, please remember, who's ladies and gentlemen. Who's making those videos? It's brilliant. They're coming from deep from within, Carl. Oh, right. Vietnam, Vietnam is real. Vietnam is real. Listen, true there's, believers. There's a, just, yeah, you got to trust. Trust the plan. Yeah. Remember, folks, there is a plan. <laughs> and the plan really is to vote for Vinny this week at thecreepoff.com. That video should be watched, though. You got to go on our YouTube channel, wherever you're posting that. Absolutely. That video will be up on there for you all to enjoy. That's we'll great. tweet it as well. So uh, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia! She was uh, a little upset. We talked for a while. I handcuffed her, had her lay on the bed, and I tied her feet, and then I got on top of her. And then I reached the door, took the belt, and then strangled her with the belt at that time. What he would do is he would choke her until she almost died. And then while he's doing this, uh, he's masturbating into her negligee. This is stupid!